Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the long-awaited return of the Top Four Tiers podcast. Um, today, we're going to be basically rounding up at all things Top Four Tiers in sort of the last month or so, first month and a half into the season. Um, it's been a hell of a month, to be fair. Absolutely brilliant, you know, just to have football back, to have fans back in full capacity. It's just absolute. Um, some of the limbs and the scenes have been unbelievable, and I've managed to. Uh, to follow my team QPR fairly fairly regularly thus far this season, but yeah, just quickly before we start um, today, we're gonna the format of today's podcast. We're gonna be discussing all four divisions in not massive depth. It's gonna be fairly brief for each team, but we're gonna mainly cover the top and the bottom. And obviously, if there's teams that have had poor starts, we'll probably talk about them more. Um, so if your team doesn't get spoken about, uh, as we say, we do apologise, we can't cover everything, but we will obviously eventually cover your team at some stage this season. Uh, before we start, Charlie, I just want to chat to you, how good's it been to have fans back and things like that? I'm loving it, I'm loving it. I'm way more, I'm way more invested in just the Premier League, even if I don't support a team in the Premier League, but I'm way more invested in it now. I have more reason to watch, I have more reason to enjoy it. And just the same with all everything. It's just so much more interesting. The players as well, they celebrate more when they score. They, they play more passionately. It's just back getting back to normality. It's just beautiful to see, really. Yeah, exactly. And as I say, as you say, it just creates so much more, so many more storylines and things going on with the fans in it. Just I think it fires the players up a lot, lot more. And and as you said, creates that that massive thought of thing that's the that is football and that's why we love it. You know, it's nothing without fans. But anyway, enough said about that. We'll start with the Premier League, which is only four games in. Uh, as we record this tonight, it is the Wednesday, the 15th of September. It will probably be out before Saturday's fixtures. Um, so there is four games into the league as we, as we stand. Um the table at the moment, I'll just read the top four out and the bottom three. It's Manchester United, top Chelsea, Liverpool, Everton, and then the bottom three, Burnley, Newcastle, Norwich. Now, Charlie, I'll fire this straight over to you. Is there any teams in that sort of bracket that surprise you so far, both from a bad, both from like bad ways and good ways? Well, I think in terms of top four, Everton won't stay there, obviously. Not obviously, but it's a bit... They're, they're reaching, I think. They're overperforming at the minute and they're in good form. Demario Gray is reaching um, over his expectations. I, obviously, I think, generally for this season, I've never really been excited about a Premier League season until this, this one. Because you've got so many good teams now that could finish top five and that could challenge the title. So I think it will really is going to be, and especially with fans, it's going to be an exciting season. With general, There's more than one team this season that could challenge for the title. But I think, obviously, Brighton are doing well for now. They'll drop off, presumably, if, if they unless they sort out their striking issues. Um, although that seems to be going pretty well now. In terms of the bottom, I expect, I think Newcastle will stay up. I think Burnley, Burnley will always grind out results. But obviously, it's looking quite bleak for them now. But Burnley will grind out results. I'm not surprised to see Leeds down there either at 17th. I think maybe not a second season syndrome, but it's a well-known thing that their defence is not the strongest and best and obviously more of an attacking free-flowing team. So I think 
it's not surprising you've seen them done there, but I think they'll improve. Arsenal, obviously 16th. They'll, they'll sort themselves out eventually and finish mid-table. Boring, 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 but Norwich. We say, we say that as if it's a, a good thing for Arsenal. Yeah, just going to quickly jump in there, but I think you've covered that absolutely excellently, to be fair. Um, as you said, I think Burnley is one of them where they always seem, everyone seems to think always, oh, Burnley, this could be their year where they go down, but I do think this season could be a bit of a different one. I mean, in the mm. games they have they have lost so far, they haven't looked they haven't looked brilliant. And I mean, it was quite an unburnly like performance to concede sort of three goals in quick succession like that against Everton. Um, you know, that's not really something Sean Dyche sides are renowned for. Uh, so yeah, as I say, Burnley don't look brilliant. Norwich. You were just about to touch on them. I think I'll probably take the words out of your mouth here by saying I think they look as good as doomed already. I mean, you can't ask for a harder start to the season, but the thing is, it's just sort of the attitude around the club seems to be acceptance of defeats. And it's sort of like, oh, well, we tried. And I just, I don't like that attitude because I think it's not conducive to success. I don't know what you think about that. I just think it's a water's wet situation where... They're pipped to get relegated, and, and I don't want to write them off this easily, but they will get relegated. They haven't got the squad. They've got, they've obviously made some good few exhibitions with like Rasishka, but even when they signed Rasishka, loads and loads and loads of Werder Bremen fans saying he's actually terrible. I think Josh Sargent and Billy Gilmore is a good signing for them, but I don't think it's going to be enough. You can't rely on two players to um, keep a team up in the Premier League. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I mean, just just for an example, you know, I mean, I do think that, that as as we hasn't been mentioned, Christos Solis, I think he could be a very decent player, and he did look he did look fairly bright against Arsenal, but I just think their defense looks so frail and so easily to easy to be got at. And another team that's defense is so looks so frail at the moment is Leeds United. Um as you were saying about them defensively, they don't look good. I just think that they've not had an easy start to the season. I mean, they've had to play Everton, Manchester United, Liverpool, which are three of the sides in the top four at the moment. They would have been disappointed probably to draw at Burnley. I think that's a pretty poor result from them. Uh, but I just think with Leeds, it is one of those things where Bielsa's so stubborn that he's not going to change his ways. And they will eventually come good and get results, but I do think that they may be else's sort of system of we're gonna just run and run and run and attack and attack and attack. It might it might not uh, be as successful this year as it was last year because I just believe that at times you do need to settle. You do need to settle and say, right, we're gonna have ten minutes and. At the, unfortunately, Leeds just they it's just not in his mind to even think about doing that, Bielsa. Um, and as long as he carries on doing that, which I don't think he'll change, I think Leeds will always be an entertaining side to watch, but they'll never be consistent. And we saw that last year where they could tear teams apart, but then get absolutely battered the next week. And it must be a frustrating thing for Leeds fans. But then again, watching that brand of football every week must be fairly entertaining for them. Exactly that. I, I would quite like to cover, um, talk about Leicester for for a bit because I'm quite obviously it's early on in the season, so it's a bit too early to judge where they're going to finish. But 
I'm quite disappointed considering the signings they made. They've made a very good signing to signing Decker, who Liverpool, Chelsea were sort of interested in. And they signed Bubakar Samari, who's also a very um, good player. He won league in last season. And obviously they're, they're currently ninth and they they look quite inconsistent at the moment. And some of the performances uh, as of recently, again, especially against West Ham, have been quite poor. And they just look quite, they look quite boring. They look quite, as I said, inconsistent. So I think, I hopefully, I quite like Leicester. I got a friend that supports Leicester, so I sort of followed up with him. But I just hope they sort of improve because I think they do. I want them to finish top four in the next soon because, like, obviously they've fallen up short of top four the last two seasons. So I think I don't think they'll finish it this season. I think the top four, top five is too strong to be too strong this season. But I just think they should be doing better at the minute. Yeah, I, I have a bad feeling about Leicester. Um, now, tell me what you think of this as well. But I just think, you know, the ship might have sailed for them. I, I mean, we heard Tielemans talking about his future in the week and and he sort of it didn't really seem like his heart was all all there at Leicester. And I just have a feeling with Vardy now ageing, Schmeichel getting on a bit. I'm not massively sure, if I'm totally honest with you, about their defence. I think Soyuncu... Although he started very well at Leicester, I think he's a bit of a liability at times. And and I do worry about them that their squad might be sort of getting pulled apart slowly. And I think Daka's a great signing. And as he said, Samare as well. But I just have a bit of a sneaky suspicion that Leicester won't be within that European picture this year. And there's a lot of players there that if they're not up at least in that top six and playing European football, that will want to leave. So... Yeah, that's a bit of a worry for Leicester. Is there another team that you want to pick out and quickly talk about? Um, Palace are obviously doing better than expectations. Obviously, they're pipped. I, I really, I will stand by this. No matter how well he'll do, I don't rate Vieira as a manager. He did awfully at Nice, I thought. And I just don't think he's the one. I I think that's quite a bad point. I think, I can't remember who they were linked with as managers other than Vieira, but they should have gone for the other one. I can't remember exactly, but... I think it was Steve Cooper. Uh, Chris Wilder might have been in there for a minute, and I'm not sure who else, to be fair. Yeah, I just remember there being one name that they were quite close to game, but either way, I don't think Vieira is the one. But obviously, they've got good players now, Conor Gallagher, especially um, Edward scoring two on his debut, which is insane for him. And it's, I like Crystal Palace as well. I hope they do well, but they always do sort of finish mid to bottom, mid table. But I don't think they will get relegated since everyone's saying, since as Roy Hodgson leaving, they'll get relegated, but I don't think that'll be the case. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Palace have got too much talent in their team. I mean, Edouard obviously made the perfect start, but Gallagher, what what a player he's been. I mean, at West Brom last year, he was probably one of the best players in... I know they got relegated, but, you know, one of the best players for them. And then, you know, he's ran the show in midfield... uh, for Palace thus far. And you've got the the unsung players, like Sir James MacArthur's, you know, Joel Wards, those type of players that, that never really seem to get credit, but they are very decent mid-table Premier League players. And and I do feel like Palace this year, just uh, to run through a couple of other teams that are sort of in that lower mid-table section, um, a team that's not had a great start and is Aston Villa. And... I've spoke to a few Villa fans and I'm not sure pressure is the right word, but I think Dean Smith does have a little bit of responsibility this this season. Obviously, we know that they've lost Grealish, which is a massive loss, but 
it's not like they haven't replaced him and and to be sat on you know the points tally that they're on so far it's not a bad start to the season don't get me wrong you know four points from your opening four fixtures isn't terrible but a lot of people were sort of talking about them for top six this year and, and it hasn't quite been that has it Charlie? Yeah, I don't think they're going to get top six, but they've got a very good team, so they should be aiming higher than 12. But obviously, again, the season's young. But Leon Bailey is a good signing. Um, Buendia is a good signing. Danny Ings especially. That that came out out of nowhere. I remember, I remember the Danny Ings signing. I was came out of nowhere. There was no links or talks about it. But they've signed well. They signed well enough that they should be doing pretty well this season. I agree with you, and... And I just think it might just be a, a case of the team sort of gelling together. Um, Villa fans will obviously be hoping that's the case because I think if they're lower mid-table this season, they'll probably be question marks over Dean Smith's capabilities as a manager. Um, another side that just sit just below them is Wolves. And they'd lost their opening three games this season, but they actually had played pretty well in all of those games, especially the game against Man United where they were excellent. And actually... They've missed the joint most big chances, according to FopMob, um, this season with Liverpool and then Man City. So it's not like they're not creating. Maybe they just lacked, lacked that that finishing touch. And I think if Jimenez can get back sharp and get that that finishing touch again, I think they'll certainly be, be a good side. Um, the last team I'm going to quickly talk about before I let you talk about one more team, um, I just want to sort of discuss one... Brentford a little bit because obviously the new boys in the league um, they've had a great start they had that dream win over over Arsenal um, on their first on their sort of bow to the Premier League where they were outstanding that game and then two draws have followed that and then they tasted defeat very late on to Brighton uh, with a Trossard late goal on in, the, in their last game and I just want to mention obviously me being a QPR fan I'm not I don't, I'm not fond of Brentford as a club. I don't really want them to do well, but I have to admire they've come at they've come into this league and and they've not done what Norwich have done or to an extent Watford have done and parked the bus and sat in a low block. You know, they've they've took teams on. And I think Ivan Tony looks like an absolute top player. I mean, he's so filled with confidence. Um, the strike he nearly scored against Brighton at the weekend, where he just hit it from the halfway line, was just I mean, that's so arrogant to do, but he's got the ability, as he's shown. And and I think Brentford will certainly be safe this season if if they can sort of keep that good mood and that bounce around the place. Yeah, I agree. I do hope they stay up. I love Brentford. I love their recruitment policy. I love their sort of like, just how the club is run. It, it, it's, Brentford's a prime example of how a club should be run. And like, obviously, it's a complete opposite comparison with Barry. So it's quite... Anyway... I'll be going a bit off topic, but yeah, Brentford run brilliantly. So I think, I don't know if their defence is good enough to stay up, but I think their attack is good enough to keep them up, if you know what I mean. So I do hope they stay up. I think, I think it'll be a really good result if they stay up. And then if they do stay up and then they, they can then improve on their signings for the next season and improve for them. But I think if they stay up this season, they've got a bright future. And I think they could establish themselves as a top Premier League club within the next few years. Yeah, certainly. So, having discussed the Premier League, I'm just going to end on a couple of individual players. Um, obviously, we've had the return of Cristiano Ronaldo. 
which we haven't talked to, we haven't done a podcast since he came back. Romelu Lukaku also came back to the league. I mean, some absolutely massive transfers. Um, I just want quickly to get your thoughts on on the sort of those two players and how influential you think they'll be this season. I mean, we've already seen it with with both of them, I guess. I think in terms of the more influence I have, I think Chelsea will be influenced way more with um, the signing of Lukaku because obviously um, Man U had Cavani, so they already had quite an established striker. Obviously, adding Ronaldo is amazing and whatever, getting two goals as debut. But I think signing Lukaku for Chelsea, they finally got a striker that that is scoring and they actually they're comfortable with. Like obviously, Werner didn't really work out in his striker position last season. Obviously, they've had their Maratas. You know, they've had the sort of they've lived up to the curse, the number nine curse. But Lukaku is finally performing for Chelsea, and I think he can push for top scorer. And I think Chelsea are, the, I think Chelsea are the, for me favourites to win the Premier League. I think I think they look really good. So I think I think the more influence we'll have is Lukaku instead of Ronaldo. I think Ronaldo is just a very nice addition, but I think Lukaku is a, an important addition to help them charge for the title. Yeah, I, I would probably tend to agree. I, I do think, though, Ronaldo is going to maybe change that attitude at Manchester United. Now, last night, when we were, as we were recording this, they did go down to young boys in the Champions League, which, which is a massive upset, obviously, for them. Um, but I just think... You know, that CR7, the aura around him. If he can stay fit, which it's Cristiano Ronaldo, I, I don't think we're going to be doubting his fitness levels. I, I, I do believe that he will score goals and, and create that culture around Man United where teams fear them again. And and that's why I do think that, that he's probably the more influential out the two. But as I say, Lukaku, he's an absolute beast. And what a player. I mean... He's just mm. shown his absolute talent so far this this season. And I think it's going to be a hell of a, a season, probably potentially the best ever, because I could, I reckon, you know, real chances of winning the league for me, it's Manchester United, Chelsea, Liverpool and Man City. I could see all four of them winning the league yeah. without even a shock. Whereas in the last sort of three or four years, it's been a one or two horse race maximum. So... It's a grab your popcorn moment for the Premier League. Um, another league that that is that is the Championship, um, which we are going to move on to now. Um, obviously, we're a little bit further on into the season with the Championship. You know, being seven games in for most teams, there is games tonight as we record, which we won't be able to stay up to date with, unfortunately. But what a division and and what a start! What I'll I'll pass it over to you and and give you a couple and uh, let you pick a couple of teams to talk about, Charlie. I'd like to talk about, I think, first of all, Sheffield United, they'll be fine. But poor start from them, but I think they, they'll be fine. They've got Jovanovic, is it Jovanovic? Is that the, is that Jukanovic, the Jukanovic, yeah. 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 He, he's a good enough manager to, with that squad to know how to get them firing. Obviously, Brewster, McBurney, whatever, I think McBurney's interested in him. The strikers have been disappointing, but I think they'll be good enough to get playoffs at the least. I think they'll be fine for playoffs. I don't think they're going to be a Sunderland 2.0, as I've seen a few people say. Also, I think Bournemouth, they're going to go up, surely. They've got a very good, very good rising team in terms of like youth. They've got Zimura at left back. They've got, um, is it Anthony? Is the winger? Yeah, Jaden Anthony. He was he was impressive last night, to be fair, when, yeah. when I watched him play against us. 
they've got a good little team going and a good defence and whatever. So I think they'll be fine. Um, West Brom's going to piss the league. Same old, same old. Same with well, Fulham as well. I think obviously they lost to, was it Blackpool they lost to? But I think Fulham... Yeah, one lost to Blackpool. Mm, Fulham will be up there. Um, in terms of like in depth, I quite like to, I think Birmingham, I, I think they could really mount a promotion charge this season. Obviously, uh, they've got um, Tahif Chong and I think Scott Hogan's been firing for them recently, hasn't he? Yeah, he's bagged a couple of goals. He has missed a few chances, but he scored a few goals, yeah. Yeah, I think Birmingham could mount a charge, but maybe maybe not have enough to see it through, especially with the quality that's in the Championship this season. And one shock I am surprised at in terms of coming to the bottom one, well, this isn't a shock, but Peterborough being down there is, as a League One supporter, it doesn't surprise me they've got a really bad defence. For Blackpool, I thought they'll be comfortably, I thought they were going to be like a Coventry when they went up. I thought Blackpool were going to be really safe. I thought they've got a good defence, they've got a good attack. I thought I thought they'll be able to cut it in the Championship and they've got a quite good team of chemistry and whatnot, but obviously their morale is dipped a bit, obviously, because they're poor form. But I, I really, really thought Blackpool would be sort of comfortably mid-table, but it doesn't look like that way. Yeah, I think you've summarised it pretty well there. But um, as you were saying, down the bottom, it is still quite early to say, you know, we are seven games in. There's still 39 championship games, mm. Some for some teams, 40 games to go. Um, but there is a few stories already mounting. I mean, in Forest, the pressure that, that uh, Chris Hewton must be under now must be monumental. And, and tonight they take on Middlesbrough, who... Again, a team that are struggling really this season. Just the six points picked up from them, 18th in the league. Um, and Neil Warnock hasn't under pressure is the wrong word, but I would say pre-season they were they were sort of dubbed. I certainly thought they'd be up there, but they, they really haven't shown anything. As, and scoring goals just seems to, to be something that there must be something in the water, you know, in Middlesbrough for strikers because they just can't seem to create and take chances. Um, so the result of that match tonight will be will be a massive one. I mean, we could even see Hewton lose his job tonight if if Forrester beaten and beaten soundly. Um, so that's a massive a massive game. Swansea City obviously lost their manager Steve Cooper just on the sort of dawn of eve of the season. Um, Russell Martin came in and he's tried to to instill his way of playing up, um, which we've seen. You know, they've got the most most possession in the league, but they just haven't been able to create chances. And although Joel Pirro, who was quite an unknown coming in from PSV, he's been really decent so far this season, but Swansea seem to be one of those sides that have a lot of the ball, but don't really create much with it. So they've been a bit poor. Uh, you mentioned Sheffield United, and I think you talked, you, you spoke pretty well on them. I do agree with you that they will come good. And, and I think they, they, they'll probably be up in, around, in and around the automatics this season. And a team that I am going to set, discuss, though, because most people absolutely wrote this team off before the season, thought they're going to be rock bottom. And actually, they've been nowhere near as poor as a lot of people have said. And that's Derby, who sit 14th at the moment, you know, seven points. Just as we speak, last night picked up a brilliant goalless draw against West Brom, where... Their goalkeeper, Keller Roos, was outstanding in that game. But I don't know what you think, Charlie, but I think Rooney has to get credit for this because it's an... I mean, you couldn't ask for a worse situation to be in 
before a season starts and he's managed to galvanise the squad and, and they actually look a decent side. For me, I've always doubted Rooney as whether he's a good enough manager for a championship club. I think he's one of those things where he gets the job because he's a well-known player. But clearly, I'm, I'm wrong. Clearly, he's doing actually, he's doing a pretty good job. But I think I do I do think they will finish lower than 14th. But whether they go down, I don't know. But in fairness, the job he is doing is immense with the squad he's been left with and the situation he's been left with because it's a tough situation. They still might get dock points, whether that'll be this season or next season. Who knows nowadays? But they're doing well for themselves. I, I'm a, blah, blah, blah. a team as well doing better than I thought. Just to move you swiftly on is Preston. I thought Preston looked quite bleak last season. They looked like they could they could have faced a drop, but they're sitting thirteenth right now, and they've got got some good players on them. I think was it that is that Reese that I can't pronounce his name Reese whatever name Emil Reese Jakobsen. Yeah, he's looked yes. good to be fair to him. Yeah, they've got a good squad, so I think. I don't know if they, I don't know if Ben Whiteman's a starting midfielder for them. He was from Doncaster, and I obviously I know him from League One, but he is a, he's a good midfielder. So maybe he I don't know if he is starting, but they've got a good squad basically. But they're they're higher than I thought they'd finish. Oh, they haven't finished it yet. Obviously, this is young, but you know what I mean. I I agree with you. I think Preston they started the season really badly as well, and and there was a game that was quite pivotal and it's another team I'm going to come on to later where they took on Huddersfield and lost 1-0 in one of the worst games I've ever... I actually watched it for about 40 minutes and I don't know why because it was such a bad game and a known goal won it for Huddersfield. Um, and at that time, I thought to myself, this is going to be two sides really stra- scrapping down there. But since then, I think Preston might be unbeaten. They are, yeah. They're unbeaten since then. They've won two and drawn two. And Huddersfield have just gone on an absolute hell of a run. They've won three of the last four games and sit fourth in the league. So, obviously, that shows my knowledge on football. But what it does also show is that the Championship's one of them leagues where something can just click in a team and all of a sudden they go on a run and and start playing very well. And and that's why I do think it is still too early to make sweeping sweeping judgments on on championship sides and on any sort of side but from early showing I do think both Huddersfield and Preston will certainly be fine safety wise this season and you know Huddersfield certainly do look like a side that if they can keep their their attacking players fit and maybe get you know Jordan Rhodes is injured at the moment if he comes back I don't think it's a long-term injury if he comes back and, and starts scoring a few goals, they could they could probably mount a, a promotion charge, um, maybe just hover around that sixth spot. Um, I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, Huddersfield really surprised me because the last two seasons they've been quite a bit of a boring, dead mid-table, mid-lower table team and it's been pretty bland for them. But obviously there's surpassing expectations this season. They've, got, they've built quite a decent squad. They've got a good... Yeah, they've got a good squad. I think the left-back, Harry Toffolo, is... Very good, I think. I've seen him a lot and I've re- really raised him. Obviously, Sorba Thomas, who's... It's a Sorba, Sorba Thomas, anyway. Yeah, Sorba Thomas is doing really well. He's got a lot of assists from himself. Obviously, making the jump from non-league as well. And he's still quite young. Is quite impressive from him. And is it the Pearson? Is it their top scorer? He's been doing pretty well. Yeah, Matt, he's a centre-back, Matty Pearson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's done well, to be fair. Although he did score an unbelievable own goal at the weekend where he... He sort of he sort of like backflipped the ball into the net from across somehow. I don't know how he did it. Natural instinct from a striker. Sorry, centre back. 
Yeah, I'd say get him get him up front. He is their leading scorer. But yeah, as you were saying, Huddersfield have, have got some a lot of talented players. And I think if they can get them firing, just a few individual players I want to talk about. Um I haven't mentioned my team QPR, but one one player that's absolutely been superb so far this season is Rob Dickey. Um made a mistake last night for the for the goal that unfortunately separated the sides against Bournemouth but he's been very 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 good and I think he's probably solidified himself as the best centre-back in the division uh you know really good on the ball very good defensively maybe lacks a little bit of pace but makes up with it with his reading of the game and and you know as a QPR fan myself I am starting to feel I feel very confident you know with a king of comebacks at the moment nearly did it last night against Bournemouth and we show we've shown that never say die attitude that a lot of teams in in especially in lower leagues lack, seem to lack sometimes. So I've been very impressed with that and I do think we'll be up there. But another player who's been sort of unbelievable in such a poor side is John Swift. Now yeah. Reading they haven't been unbelievably poor, but I mean you take John Swift out of that team and I think they'd be Nottingham Forest territory. I don't know what you think on that. Mm. Well, not even for him to rock bottom. I, I don't think they'll be rock bottom, but I think John Swift certainly does carry them. And they've they've got they've got that Aziz guy from as well. They've got a few good players there now, but obviously they've got their transfer ban. Do they? Am I being dumb? Yeah, they could only sign free agents, so they have signed a fair few to be fair, but no no fees or anything. I think in ter- yeah no the squad this year is probably going to be a bit of a boring mid table finish from them maybe lower mid table I feel that'd be fine but John Swift is remarkable he he got a hat trick the other day against who was it against QPR unfortunately uh, QPR yeah yeah obviously I love John Swift because he's from Portsmouth but wasn't really from the academy but yeah well, another one that got away from us but no anyway I love him he's a good player. Goals and assists in him. He's a playmaker. He's got a beautiful free kick as well. So I think he 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 alone could carry Reading to a higher finish. But I doubt a one man, no team could be a one man team, in a, especially in the championship, where it's just quite inconsistent, really. Yeah. Just lastly, before we move on, then I'd just like you to say one team that you think has really surprised you in a poor aspect and one team that you think has really surprised you in a, in a positive aspect. Um, I'll start and I'll say the team that has surprised me from a poor perspective has been, we've already, you already did discuss them, but um, I think that, you know, Peterborough defensively have been really, really bad. And I do think the writing might even be on the wall for them. Um, no disrespect to any Peterborough fans, but I just think, they just can't seem to stop conceding goals and and that's going to be an issue when you're looking to stay up in the league. And then I've already spoke about Huddersfield, so I'll go a bit a bit different. Um, and I've gone Blackburn Rovers and the Ben Brereton-Diaz revolution has seemed to really create a good atmosphere around the club. Now, they, they should be on two extra points. They should be third in, uh, third in the league, really, because Luton very very late on to to rescue a point and take two points away from them on Saturday but they bounce back with a 2-0 home win over Hull and I think they'll certainly be up there this season um, although they haven't really 
replaced their losses of sort of Harvey Elliott and Adam Armstrong. So, bit of a shocker that one. Yeah, I could agree with the in those ones. Uh, obviously, I've said Blackpool being a disappointment because I thought they'll be pretty pretty decent in the championship. But I think obviously to go for something different than Nottingham Forest as well. Obviously, that's a no brainer. But I think Swansea is disappointing. They've got a really good squad. They've got a few good players. They've got um well, obviously they lost Connor Roberts, but losing one man shouldn't dismantle the whole team. Russell Martin is a good manager from my experience in League One. I think he plays really good football and with MK Dondo paid off sometimes. Obviously, defences can be an issue, but they've still got Cabango and um, whoever their other centre-back is. But um, they've got a good attack as well. Jamalo, oh no, Jamalo's got the ball, what am I saying? Um, well, they lost Jamalo as well, actually. But um, I I think they should still be challenging for at least a top 10 finish. They've obviously hit the playoffs last season and failed in that, so that could really have an impact on their morale. But losing Steve Cooper as well, who I thought was quite a good manager, but I don't think Swansea fans rated him. But no, I think Swansea are disappointing for me. But in terms of one that surprised me, um, or oh, I've mentioned Huddersfield, they really have shocked me because I've... But Coventry as well are eighth right now and they're doing pretty well themselves, picking up they two wins in three games. They've got a, their striker, Jesus Christ, um... Guillaquerez, Guillaquerez, he's on loan from Brighton, but yeah, he's pretty, he's done pretty well for himself. I think he's got three goals and assists or something like his last few games. But anyway, they're doing pretty well. And especially um, Martin Wagon as well scored last game. But yeah, I'm, I'm surprised at how high Coventry are. I agree because I, I had a cheeky bet on them to get relegated. So hopefully their form nosedives. But no, no disrespect, Coventry fans. You have started the season very well. Um, moving on then to the third tier of English football, League One. The main storyline probably from this league has been Sunderland again. You know, ever popular Sunderland, still in League One somehow, but they are now top of the division, having won five of their six games, did did lose to Burton Albion away, which on the whole is a, is a disappointing result for them, but do you think that this could finally be the year for the for the Mackhams or is it just another false storm? Surely. I think Lee Johnson's a decent enough manager to get the squad that he has up. They've got a very good squad. They've got um I, I, I said this from the start, and you'll probably remember me saying I think Ross Stewart's a very good striker. His movement's very good. His positioning for yeah, a striker I do remember is really you good. That. Yeah. But yeah, so I think his striking ability is good and obviously the Luco Nine, he's always been a quite ever present. Um, always now he's now a midfielder for Sunderland, but he wasn't. He's changed from right back. Ledbit is obviously retired, but I don't think that will affect them too drastically. They've got they made some really smart acquisitions with um, Sirkin, Cherkin from Tottenham, uh, Doyle from Man City. They've got um, um, there's another player. I think Corey Evans as well has been an excellent signing for them in the middle of the park, coming as club captain. Um, mm. Dan, as I said, the, yeah, Dan Neal. Yeah, he's the one of the youngsters and he's doing well for himself. So yeah, I think Sunderland should go up this season. I think they should be fine, but who knows? Who knows if it's just uh, false hope? Yeah, it could be, but obviously a lot of Mackhams will be hoping that it isn't. Um, the team that just trails them in the league is Wigan, who have had a, an excellent start to the season. They they lost their first game of the season, but since then have picked up wins over Rotherham, Charlton, Portsmouth and Doncaster. Now, Doncaster will come on to, I'm sure, later, but 
three of those sides, you know, are sides that would probably be expecting to be up there. Um, so a lot of good signs for Wigan. They, they did splash the cash. Um, but, you know, it's players that have stayed at the club, actually. The likes of Will Keane, he's been, he's been excellent so far this season. But some of the new signings as well have been, have been very good. James McLean, obviously very controversial figure. He's been, he's probably a class above league one in fairness to him. Uh, so that's a massive coup to sign him. I do think Wigan will certainly challenge um, this season. Um, and then below them, you've got Bolton and MK Don and Wimbledon, sorry, two sides at Bolton, Wimbledon and MK Dons, three sides there that, they were all seen as dark horses coming into this season. I don't think many saw Wimbledon being as as high, um, but MK Dons and Bolton certainly two sides that are very very exciting this season, and and two probably sides that you know if you're a neutral watching a League One game, I'd recommend going to those two. Um, have you got anything to say on those sides? Considering Wimbledon got um so well lost their best striker in Joe Pigger to it was actually. You know, we'll talk about that. But um, I, yeah, considering they lost their best attacker, Wimbledon are doing very well for themselves. They've got City with twelve points, and that's very impressive, in my opinion. I feel that they're always, they're always near near or thereabouts just surviving relegation. So they've survived relegation from the skin of the teeth last season, and now here they are sitting in the top four. Obviously, I don't think it will last, but to most, I think their fans deserve some sort of happiness. Really, they've got a new stadium, obviously, which is nice. So that's. Obviously, it's something to be happy about, but they've been living in quite a boring world for the last three or four seasons, living towards near in mid-table, bottom of the table. So if they could get a higher finish like Accrington did last season, I think they'll do well for themselves. But MK Dons as well and Bolton, both dark horses, I expect them to be up there. Bolton made some very class signings with um, Josh Sheehan coming in. They've got um, Afalayan, who's also scored a lot of goals so far as well. They've got um, really good defence as well. They've got um, is it Johnston, the guy from Feyenoord? Yeah, George George Johnston's been excellent as well for them mm. so far, hasn't he? Yeah, we were linked to him and we never pursued with him, but boy, I wish we did. Um, they've also got um Santos who I think scored an own goal for them against Ipswich, I think. But um, he's also a pretty good defender. But they've got a good enough team, Bolton, to be up there. MK Duns as well just beat us, but that's not a challenge. They've got Scott Twine, which obviously is a very good signing for MK Dons. I don't know why Twine went to MK Dons. He could have done better than that in terms of, I think he could have got a championship club. But um, no, I do think MK Dons have signed well. Obviously, they lost their manager. And is it Manning's the now new manager? But he's... Yeah, Liam Manning. He has implemented the same sort of um, gameplay or game management that um, Russell Martin did. So he's following, they're following the right footsteps. And acting again in the top six like they were last season there are thereabouts but whether they'll stay there I don't know but yeah I think Wigan as well as you mentioned they're doing well for themselves and they will be up there this season yeah below below MK Dons comes three sides that 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 some would would have seen more in the lower mid table aspect Accrington Burton and Plymouth and Plymouth especially I think I had them to go down which which is not looking good at the moment I mean they absolutely dominated Sheffield Wednesday at the weekend, beating them three nil and an absolute very comfortable for them. I think Ryan Lowe has, has shown that he's an excellent manager. Um, the only thing I would say that it could be a bit early for Plymouth because last season I think they started pretty well and then and then faded quite heavily. So it might be a bit early to make any sweeping judgments on them. Uh, and then below those three, it sort of comes sort 
five heavy hitters, really, with Wickham, Oxford, Portsmouth, Sheffield Wednesday and Rotherham, all mid-table, which they've not made bad starts to the season, you know, 10 points, 11 points, they're all on. Um, but they haven't they haven't set the world alight. And two sides that obviously you'll want to talk about Portsmouth, but I'll just touch on Sheffield Wednesday as well. Both losing the la- both these sides have lost the last two games. Um, Wednesday losing in a in a shock result to Port Morecambe, and and then as I said, getting beat comfortably by Plymouth uh, at at Plymouth. So you know Wednesday they've got a lot of good players and they made some great signings and maybe it's just one of those where it'll click eventually um, for them. And I do think that's probably the case for, for Pompey, Oxford and Wickham as well, and, and probably Rotherham. Um, but that they, all those fans will be hoping that, that it gets right for them eventually and, and soon really, because as you say, you can't be afford to be cut adrift because a lot of, of sort of non-league one experts would be looking at that league, looking at all the the club sizes of the likes of Sheffield Wednesday, Portsmouth, and thinking, oh, they'll get promoted, and and ignoring the teams like Accrington, Plymouth, Burton, Wimbledon, MK Dons, probably even Bolton as well, uh, that have all been been very very good so far, and they're all they're all very good sides for this level. So I think they need to. They need to take. They need to sort of maybe take the division a bit more, a bit more seriously. But I'll let you. I'll let you fire away on Portsmouth because I know you'll probably have a fair bit to say on them. Yeah. Well, we started well. We threw wins on the balance, and Tonicliffe being the star man. But it's a weird one with Portsmouth. We've got the worst attack, but the best defence. We've only conceded. We conceded the fewest goals with only two in the league, and we've we've only scored four. We haven't we haven't scored a goal in League One football for three games now, and it's quite. It's quite awful, really. We've got an awful attack, but a good defence in midfield. We're a good attacking striker away from being a top six team. I think, obviously, we've got Captain Cowley, so I do rate massively, but I think I'll give him two seats, another trans- another summer transfer window before I think we could really start mounting an actual proper promotion push. And I think a lot of Pompey fans are getting ahead of themselves now, thinking that we should be getting promoted this season, but forgetting that we've still got Kenny Jack of players and Cowley still hasn't got all the players that he needs to fight for promotion. But yeah, conceded two. And obviously we've got the best goalkeeper in the world, not just the league, in the world. He's saved Ronaldo Penn. He's, he's our only good player at the minute, really. He's the star man. He's the only one that gets sort of mentioned in the highlights and whatnot. He's just... His highlight rule come the end of the season is going to be about two hours long. He he makes save after save after save, and none of the goals he could see are his fault. It's just a full sorry for Bazinu because um he doesn't deserve. He should be a higher club. He he he's got a bright future, Bazinu. I think he should be a championship club at minimum. I think he could get into Premier League clubs soon within the next two seasons. But yeah, I think ports of this season will. will be disappointing for the neutrals and for obviously off the, the fans, but we won't be up there this season. I don't think we haven't got the attack unless we make some proper good attacking signings in January. Curtis is off the pace, Harness is off the pace, striking's off. The, we've got four strikers and none of them can score a goal. It's just, it's quite, it's quite peak. Really. What happened to uh, Gas and Adame, who was going to fight you to League One title? I, I heard you say that a, a month well, ago. <laughs> He scored seven goals in nine games of preseason, and all of them came against championship opposition. And I know it's preseason, so it's not serious, but surely you could score a goal in the league if you could score seven goals in nine games. Like, come on, man! But no, every time he's played, he hasn't been bad or anything. But he hasn't. 
looked threatening. So it's just disappointing. I was really excited for him. I thought he was going to be, I was sort of come before the season. I was like, he's going to be top scorer of the league. No doubt. He looks good. He looks really good. But no, he's been firing blanks. I wouldn't say firing blanks. Because I don't think he's had any shots in the whole league, the whole season, but it's just disappointing, really. I'm not going to write him off completely, but hopefully he can find, he's not, he's not even making the bench at the minute though. So I don't think he'll be finding his form anytime soon. Yeah, I think a strike is probably needed from Portsmouth is what the big takeaway is there. Um, I know we can't cover every single team, but there's two big sides down the bottom. We all know the elephant in the room, um, but we'll start with Charlton actually, because they've been really poor as well. Made some ambitious signings, Sam McGillivray from Portsmouth, Charlie Kirk from Crewe, uh, just named a few, Harry Arters come in. And they look horrendous. I mean, they've, they've lost four games. Won one, yeah. They did win a game, uh, but that was against a very poor-looking crew, Alex side. And then losing to Cheltenham at home on Saturday. Just just a really poor start from Charlton. And I think, I think things need to change quickly there because Adkins, as we saw with his time at Sheffield United, it can go... When it goes wrong, it goes very wrong. And... And I heard someone say they were going to back Charlton go down, which I don't think will happen. But I think if they want to get their their promotion hopes sort of going, they need to start picking up results fast. And then we all know the next team we're going to talk about, um, the Man City of League One, Ipswich Town, who <laughs> have been throwing money about all summer as if it, as if they were, you know, going to play in the Champions League. The amount of signings and the amount of not criticising them. They've been top quality signings. I mean, their top scorer, Macaulay Bond from QPR. I didn't think much of it when he when he signed. I thought he's a decent player, but I didn't think he'd he'd do as well as he has. But he's been excellent. But the amount of players they've signed. I mean, Sam Morsey joining. That's an unbelievable to do that. But they haven't won a game, and they got hammered by Bolton on Saturday, five two, and. I think they lost to an under, West Ham under 21s as well in midweek. So it's just crazy, really, with it switching because Paul Cook isn't a bad manager. And well, I just that, think it's. A, yeah. I might have to disagree with that because obviously, with my experience with Paul Cook, he's, he's assistant manager, who's now Wigan's manager, Liam Richardson, I think is the key man in that, in the duo. I think Paul Cook without Liam Richardson is, is, not, is not anything near what you think it is. I think Liam Richardson's a good assistant manager. He was a good assistant manager for us and Wigan and yeah, whoever. But yeah, I think I think Paul Cook's missing Liam Richardson and I think he's not as good as a manager as people think without the key man. Yeah, I think that the pressure might really start to come down on Cook if if Ipswich don't pick up some results and and fast. If I'm honest. Um, anyway, moving on, then we're going to move on to the last division that we're going to talk about, which is obviously briefly. Briefly, we will touch on it briefly because we haven't got. No, no. Sorry, I meant day. I meant briefly. We mentioned another team in League One. Sorry. Oh yeah, that's Mor- fine. Yeah, go on. Morecambe. Obviously, that great team. So it's not amazing, but. Way better than I thought they would. And obviously, Cole, Stock- Cole Stockton. Portsmouth should be looking at him. <laughs> Six goals. Yeah. He's, He's been unbelievable. I can't believe we didn't talk about him. I mean, Morecambe have been 
have been relying on Stockton, but they probably look like they're going to stay up. I mean, it's too early to say, but I'd love it if they did stay up. And and that's that's the that's the the, the underdog story of the season in League One. The fact that Morecambe are above Ipswich in the league just that that makes it that makes me think that that you know the football in there is a god up there in football. And no disrespect to Ipswich fans, but yeah, moving on now to League Two. Then um, we're going to briefly talk about League Two because unfortunately for a League Two fan, you support a League Two club, so expect League Two coverage. Uh, now nah, I'm only joking, but <laughs> just uh, top of the league at the moment, Forest Green Rovers. I tipped them up pre-season, thought they were going to be very good and and they've made me look smart. So thank you, Rob Edwards, for that. Uh, Harrogate second, I mean, what the that's certainly shocking. I did watch them in a pre-season game, though, and think they're a hell of a side. And then Northampton third, they, they are the kings of the 1-0 boring victory. I mean, last night, Newport, mm. they won 1-0. 2-0 at Scunthorpe, 0-0 Crawley. Um so there, but then one side I do want to talk a little bit about is is Hartlepool, who've been excellent so far. They did lose Tyler Bury, their Millwall loanee, to an injury, but they've been very good so far this season, and I really didn't expect expect them to be up there. But as I say, the league's crazy, and and then just one more team I want, two more teams I want to touch upon down the bottom: uh, Bristol Rovers and Mansfield, who currently sit 22nd and 21st. Now, who'd have thought that those two would be down there? I mean, Joey Barton's been so bullish in his pre-season predictions that Bristol Rovers will get promoted and um, he's sticking by it. But every single game that goes by, they look closer to relegation. And as I say, they're, they're only a point off the relegation zone right now. So... I don't know what's going on at the Memorial Stadium, but things need to change and, and change fast there because they're in desperate need of some some big results. And then Mansfield, who started the season well, um, I think they won their first two games and then drew their second, and then they've lost the last four. So crazy what can happen in a in a split second at Mansfield, but defensively from what I've seen on Twitter and on social media, a lot of Mansfield fans have been just talking about basically the fact that they can't defend. And I think it was the Bradford game where they lost 3-2, where Clough came out and and slagged off his defenders. And since then, it's obviously not seemed to work, has it, Charlie? So is it, was that Mansfield, sorry? Yeah. Yeah, so they're one of those teams, it was like it was just they always sort of sign a lot of players or sign big name players for the respective leagues. But yeah, they've been disappointing. It's 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 been a lot it's been this case for a while though. The last three seasons you always expect them to be quite up there, but they haven't been. They've got Ollie Hawkins now who, for all I know, is the port of port of legends, as I like to say. But no, he's been he's been firing to fair in fairness to him. But no, um, I think they've got um do they still have Ollie Clark with midfield, or did he go to Wrexham? Or am I being? No, yeah, he's he stayed at the club, Ollie Clark. Yeah, I from his time at Bristol Rovers, I rated him, but and was shocked to see that he, at the time he he jumped a league down. But no, I think Mansfield have got a good squad. They've got um, who's that striker as well? Oh, so I'm so like having brain fart today. They've got a striker, Bowery, Bowery Johnson. Yeah, I am. All right, Bow- I thought you were about Danny Johnson actually. 
Oh, he's pretty good as well. But I think Bowery's decent as well. So I think they really should be higher than they are. And so I've... But in terms of the bottom two, it's kind of water as well. It's the usual suspects. I predict a scum fall to be down there. And boy, are they down there. Oldham, I didn't expect them to be rock bottom. I thought they could be top 12. But um, is it Keith Curl at Oldham? Was he? Yeah, mysterious Curl at Oldham. Um, yeah, he's well, a... Oldham's just a toxic club at the moment, isn't it? I mean... Of course, yeah. I forgot about yeah, the owner issues. They've had... Players sitting on the centre circle, they've had all sorts going on there. And I think it's one of them things where the owner's got to get some sort of rapport with the fans and and fast or or they'll be down, I think. They could be one of those sides, you know. We always see one in the EFL where they're that bad that they're relegated sort of before Christmas almost. And it seems to be heading that way with Oldham, doesn't it? Yeah, they could, they could be in trouble if they're... Well, if their ownership issues don't resolve, and obviously they they banned well, they banned non-season ticket holders from coming to the stadium just after COVID, which is a bit cruel. Obviously, they have been throwing tennis balls and whatnot, but you know they have been they have been poor. They've picked up three points only. They've, they've conceded fourteen goals already in seven games, so that's not great. But no, I think they're in bleak times. But they have, you know, I'm not as you said, I'm not going to write them off for relegation just yet. But it doesn't look great for them. Yeah, a couple of other sides just to to, to talk about. Um, Leighton Orient under Kenny Jackett, your former manager, your your favourite ever manager, I'm guessing. Um, they've been very good this season, actually. Um, they sit fourth in the league. Harry Smith has been has been superb for them, scoring five goals. And then Robbie Stockdale's Rochdale side, who many many have written off. Really, I saw a lot of people sort of thinking that they would go straight back down, uh, well, not back down, down two leagues in a row. And and yet Stockdale seems to have them playing some really free-flowing football. I mean, they've scored quite a few goals so far this season. And then Derek Adams-Bradford side, who had a bit of a shaky run, but I do think they'll, they'll be up there this season. And just sitting nicely below them is Swindon Town, who nobody would have thought that they'd be eighth in the league going into you know, their eighth game of the season. So all positive signs for those sides. Maybe Bradford would hope to have obviously won in their last three games and had a couple of disappointing results. But overall, positive signs for all three of them. Um, is there any other sides that, in the negative aspect that, that you think have had a poor start? Salford. Yeah, I'd have to agree They're, they're there, going to have a managerial good merry-go-round again, I think. Is it... Who's their manager? It's Gary not- Bowyer. Yes, okay. I get him and Clough confused, but um, yeah, he started poorly for Salford. Obviously, Salford, the Man City of League Two. Well, they've got money anyway, but no, they've got um, yeah, they sit at 14th, disappointingly for them. Barrow are higher than them, Hartlepool and Sutton, Harrogate higher than them, and that to them will disappoint them because obviously they're newish sides to the league. So I think. Salford, I think what they will they will finish higher, but it's just what they need to get promoted in the next two seasons. Otherwise, they're just going to be stuck down in League Two for eternity, really. I think the thing is with Salford, though, and it's similar. We've seen similar to Ipswich. It's they've had no continuity season upon season. Teams that are successful at this level, especially at League One and League Two level, because the stand the quality gap between a good League One player and an average League One player is nowhere near as big as a good Premier League player and a good and an average Premier League player, you know, the standard's not as big. So when they sign all these players, the a team that 
can actually know how to play against each other it is a better team unit and more organised. And Salford did pick up a big win against Bradford um, on Saturday, winning 1-0, thanks to, I think it was a 90th-minute Matty Lund goal, I think. But, you know, there's teams above them, as you say, uh, Colchester, Carlisle, Barrow, um, Hartlepool, who haven't gone and splashed the cash and signed loads of notable players, but just know how to get results. And I think that's that's going to be the case. That's the case for Ipswich as well. Um, just lastly, one one last team I want to talk about a bit who had a slow start to this season is Newport County, who haven't won in their last four games. Um, they did, they're one of the tides that Salford have beat 3-0, but you know, I think they started off with four away games on the bounce and they actually started fairly well. Um, they got six points from their first four, from their first three. And since then, they've picked up two draws and two defeats. But I think Michael Flynn could be the first manager to, to go and not from a sacking perspective, but just because I think if a team's if a team comes in for him, I think he'll probably think to himself, I'm going nowhere really here at Newport because they seem to be sort of going backwards, if anything. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I disagree in the first manager to go. I think Salford, like the Watford, where the managers go after every after every bad sort of form. And Gary Neville does like getting rid of managers. But I think, you know, I think Newport, well, they obviously lost a key man in Sheehan, but... Newport fans and League Two fans would expect better from them, but I don't. I think I don't. I don't think Flynn will go. I think he's committed to them. Obviously, maybe he's a bit too overcommitted now. He thinks, mate, I've done all I can. Obviously, they lost. They lost cruelly in the um, playoff final to Morecambe to a penalty that really wasn't a penalty. But obviously, they can't blame them just that. But anyway, I think that obviously could affect the morale. But they should be a higher. But I think I, I want to briefly talk about Exeter as well because they're ninth now, so it's not too bad for Exeter, but. I think we should expect Exeter to be top now. I think I think this should be their season, Exeter's to get promotion. They've obviously won the last game and drawn the last two, but I think they should be higher. I think they will finish higher, but it could be a bit worrying if they don't. Yeah, they, they had a poor start to the season, to be fair, but since then, I mean, they just won 4-0 against Scunthorpe. A um, couple of draws in between that, but then they scored four the last win they got before the Scunthorpe was a 4-1. So I think Exeter could be could be up there this season. And I think it's probably now or never for, for the Greshams because they've been in and around it for probably five years now and have never actually gone up. So hopefully this year's their year. But um, I think that about wraps it up, to be fair. Overall, I mean, it's been a wonderful start to the season. Um, there's been so many good moments and so many great moments just to end we're going to do a little segment that we'll do every single podcast and I just want to know what's been your moment of the season so far Charlie um or say storyline of the season it doesn't have to be an individual but the biggest takeaway sort of thing from this from this period uh, I think Ronaldo his dreams debut I think I'm. I don't like Manchester United. So I think same with Liverpool. I think they're a bit. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to go into detail, but I'm not. I'm not the greatest fans, but I'm. For some reason, I'm really hyped for Ronaldo and even Lukaku coming back to the Premier League. But I think, obviously, Lukaku scoring his debut, but I think Ronaldo scoring two on his debut, regardless of whether the keepers made mistakes. But 
I think that's just sort of hyped me up. So I think probably Ronaldo returning is probably my moment of the season so far. Yeah, I think Ronaldo's a massive one. Um, to be fair, he's been he's been very very good. And um, for me, I'm going to go with a little bit of a lower down one, and I, I'm actually going to say, from a negative perspective, it's Ipswich's massively poor start to the season, um, and how badly they've been. But I actually love the story of Sorba Thomas. Um, you know, coming from non-league, yeah. he's been wonderful so far this season for Huddersfield, and. And I just love seeing players like that that come and, and show their ability, especially when they when they haven't come through the academy system and things like that. And and that's probably been my favourite talking point so far, as well as probably Harrogate's brilliant start to the season. And and as I say, QPR's good start to the season from a bias perspective is is a massive positive for me. But that's about going to wrap it up, guys. We've been about uh, roughly about an hour, so. There's been plenty to talk about um, so, and in the first sort of seven or eight, six or seven games of the season. We'll probably be back around about this time in October. We'll do this around every month, try to get it out every month, just to review, sort of recap what's been going on and, and give our thoughts on it. But yeah, I just want to say thank you all for listening. If you have got this far, then I re- we all re- we both really appreciate it and and yeah, keep with the content on Instagram because we'll be we'll be staying as consistent as possible on there. And uh, yeah, we'll hopefully catch with you again in about a month's time. So see you guys later.